Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Happy Alone with Andrea Marston. I am once again this week, Andrea Marston, and should remain it next week. I want to keep this intro short and sweet because I'm talking to somebody so lovely, so delectable. She's one of my closest friends in Toronto. She was one of the first people to ever greet me and welcome me into Bad Dog Theater. Her name is Daphne Joseph. And the thing about Daphne is I met her in 2016 and we really just did improv. We talked about dogs, we talked about weed, but we really never got deep. And I'm really excited that this podcast gives me the opportunity to go deep with some of my dearest friends. So welcome to Happy Alone, episode four with Daphne Joseph. You were like one of my first friends. Okay, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Happy Alone. We're chatting. I'm chatting. Hi, we're chatting. We're chatting. This is Daphne Joseph. Um, I'm gonna let her introduce herself because I love people talking about themselves oh and like, God. and then I hype them up with all the things they missed after. That's kind of what uh, I'm doing. I but so I, I gotta say, Daphne was one of my first friends in Toronto when I went to Bad Dog the first day. She was the first person I met when I went up the stairs, um, <laughs> and she was so warm and so nice. And I was like, okay, I can I can stay in the city. <laughs> I can stay. So it's all. <laughs> because of you i'm here five years later you you're wonderful and welcoming and nice um Thank and you. now i'm gonna let you talk about yourself i want to hear yeah i want to hear i love hearing people describe about themselves yeah and then i'll <laughs> fill in the blanks of what i think do i start like what do I say? Everything? Yeah, maybe like, what do you tell? Like, when, you know, like you're okay, pretend we're on a speed date or something. Okay. Oh, <laughs> speed okay. date slash job interview. So you either okay. want money from me or you want me to like sexually please you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I want money from you, I'm going to be like, I am professional. I'm a hardworking person and I'm always on time. And if I want us to fuck, I'll be like, I'm really nasty. I'm from Montreal. <laughs> You're from Montreal. I'm from Montreal. Yes. Yeah. And you're yeah. an incredible artist on like several fronts. Tell tell us all the incredible art things you do. Um, <laughs> she, um well, I, I love arts and craft. I think that's the 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 main thing. I, I love arts and craft. I'm love um I love being creative just overall. If I could do something creatively, yeah. I'd like doing it. This is like I love improv. I well, obviously we met at improv. Yeah. I love creating things out of nothing. Yeah. Uh, like um, so I think this is why I like this. I like like I do a lot of resin art, like where you got the little asterisks. I love I, I love resin because resin is so uh it resin, I feel like you can't do a bad resin because yeah. you put the colors in it, you let them do their thing, and then you have to wait 24 hours to see how they come out. So it's never you have zero control over it, uh, and it's like just, improv. It's like it's improv, like improv. Yeah. and that's why I love watercolor for the same reason. Whenever yeah. I do something with watercolor, I'm like, it looks like shit. Nobody, <laughs> where's the bird? I was trying to do a bird, and then the next day I look at it, I'm like, this is a flower, and it's Turns just good on its own. Yeah, so I like doing things out of nothing. Maybe because I didn't grow up with a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. I also <laughs> I grew up kind of like with not a lot of stuff either i grew mm. up kind of like poorer yeah poorer. and yeah it was a lot of my imagination that absolutely made, like we didn't even have tv for a while which now mm. i i became such a tv addict later but i can't um, so when we i didn't have tv like we were what did you do i was like making up we always made plays up we made plays yeah up. so the good thing is that i have 
to have an older brother and you have younger sisters. So um, I'm like a real middle child, love the attention, uh, always crave. And I have a huge imagination. My imagination, it was, I don't want to say it was so bad, but it was so active that there were times where I couldn't remember if this was something I imagined or it actually happened. You know, and I would put myself, I, I remember when my mom would tell us stories, like Cinderella or something, I would put myself in the story. And I was like, oh, yeah, and I was there. And then I killed the dragon. Like, no, you were not. I'm like, yeah, I was. <laughs> and I remember really going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I'm there. So it was hard to, so that was good thing is that I have, a, I had a lot of siblings. So, you know, you talk about not having um, TV for us because we also grew up pretty uh poor um tv would go into like uh waves like there was an actual tv there but then there would be cable on the tv if someone in our neighborhood end up getting some type of hookup and then yeah. that person will say hey for like ten dollars this person is putting cable and then everybody on the block was getting that cable and then <laughs> when someone gets caught we all lose the cable together so yeah TV for me were like waves I have a lot for six months and then it's whatever free TV is there. Yeah, it was whenever my dad had a good job, we'd have cable. There you go. (laughs) Our bills, we'd be living large when my dad had a good job. Watching TV all day. Watching TV all day. But yeah, I have have a little brother and I have Mm. a cousin who's my age. So, and I had like a lot of like, um, I'm first gen. So like we had lots mm-hmm. of like family living with us. So I grew yeah. up with a lot of people in my house. Did you grow up with a lot of people in your house? Yeah, it was a busy and just, I think that's most, um, one of my, um, the thing that I'm most grateful for is how my mom raised all four of us. Yeah. Um, she raised four kids by herself. So it was like, we were like, like this, you know, yeah. it was like, Everybody knew uh, our last name, like it was Le Joseph. You know, you knew, like you either knew my brother, me, or my sisters, my mom. So we were very, very uh, close. Yeah, like there was a lot, and until now, like me and my siblings are pretty close. So yeah. there was a lot of talking amongst each other, and my mom was such an. Um, she was in. Uh, she was a teacher, and I think what made it good for her, she was all about talk about your feelings. There's no such thing like you come home and you're pissed and then you go to your room, (laughs) you're coming back and let's, let's go. I had no problem. I have to say, I would come home. Like if I had a bad day, I'd come home. And as soon as I walk in the door and I'm like saying it, that's absolute. I wasn't holding back for it. So my mom didn't have to like prep me to get things out. I was, I would let them know, but like my brother is like the only guy who was the oldest. So he was a lot more reserved. So if you'd come home and he'll go like, hi mom. You know, we always had to go and like, give her a kiss. My mom, we knew immediately just by the way he said hi. She'd be like, Dave, come back, sit down. What's wrong? And he's like, nothing, nothing. He's like, what's up? So I think that's what really helped and probably ties up to the vulnerability. I was always encouraged to be like, yeah. 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 You uh, my, f- your, my, f- we're very tight unit too. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's like my safe spot yeah. with my feelings a little bit more. Absolutely. I think when I leave outside someone I'm not related to, I'm think I'm like very guarded and things yeah. like that, but it's so nice to, I still, even now, like, and you're still close with your siblings mm-hmm. to be, have like, have my family as like that safe spot because yeah. I think it gives me a lot more like bravery to put myself out there doing what we do kind of thing. Yes. So, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I always like, go back to them. Yeah, I'm like, everyone can hate me and I wouldn't care because I have three people who have to love me. Absolutely. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly the energy I had. I think when it comes to my brother and my sisters, I'm like, 
that's we're in forever like this is my my brother had a has a baby this his son is like three oh. uh, i understand that his immediate family now is his son and his girl because that's yeah. how life works but for me <laughs> i was like they might be but for me <laughs> you're mine <laughs> you're, fine. you're yeah. my brother you might be his dad but you're my brother and you're <laughs> my sister so yeah that was they were they're actually they are the most important people um in my life my brother and my sisters are they so, in montreal they are yeah in montreal yeah yeah that's one of that... them's in calgary one of them is in calgary really yeah oh. he's been in calgary for maybe a year now oh wow yeah yeah we should, uh, introduce our families i think they'd have so much fun oh too. my god yes. honestly if we have so much fun together i can imagine our families having so much fun absolutely too. yeah my siblings <laughs> are so much fun and we're all so different all four yeah. of us like very very different but... yeah that's yeah my my brother and me are complete opposites yes yeah. we're very he's like sporty and i'm whatever this <laughs> is <laughs> whatever this let's, is. let's go for a run at 6 a.m and get a I'm like, I'm going to be here with my wigs. I'm going <laughs> to be rolling a joint. I'm going to be, yeah. well, we both smoke weed. That's the okay. one thing we really have in <laughs> common. <could> make. <laughs> and that's how we, that's a big part of our friendship is weed <laughs> and comedy, which is like my two favorite things. Um, <laughs> my two favorite things. I want to ask you, so like yeah, after absolutely. you, so you grew up in that very full house yes. and then like after you left, did you live by yourself or like, did you, you were yeah tell me you tell me yeah i was <laughs> so like, I, I think way, I, but i don't i love your little pony oh child. thank you i'm trying to regain my oh. youth today <laughs> very cute um so i was born and raised in montreal and um you know just did all the montreal thing went to school in montreal like i went to college and after college i had made the decision that i was like i'm gonna move to toronto to see if i could act in english yeah. that was kind of like i always montreal was very very i want to say very easy in a way of like everybody knew each other everybody knew who i was i knew everyone i and i say montreal but the reality was just like my neighborhood and wherever i hung out like i was never um the new girl nowhere you know yeah. you knew my brother you knew somehow i never had to like really introduce myself even like yeah so it was that was not a thing and also i've Montreal was very nice to me because I would say I want to be an actress and everyone everyone was like Daphne's an actress and I was like oh there you go <laughs> that was easy everybody says that, yeah so it's true and yeah. they would say they were like oh Daphne's an actress I was like yeah they were like Hollywood Daphne I'm like I know but re in reality I had nothing I had I was doing improv a lot of improv in French but I was at the community center uh did a lot of theater in high school again that was just like in that little world and um, I had so much fun, right? I always knew I loved it, but the, I didn't have to, there was no challenge and everything was in, in French. Yeah. So um, moving, I was like, I'm gonna go to either go to the States, I could go to New York and I have family in New York or I go to Toronto where I know no one, but I have a health card yeah. that I'm gonna be able to use and I'm not that far. So I came to Toronto when I was 22. Oh, wow. And, and by yourself. Yeah, like by myself. And I didn't know the city. I didn't know nothing, you know? So yeah. I got there very, very much uh, super sad. Like, you know, I, I'm like, I'm going to go to Toronto. And then when it was time to go, I was crying the whole time. Yeah. Because I was like, holy shit, this is real. Like, I'm really going there by myself. And I had never left, le uh, lived by myself before. Like, I yeah. left a family home um, to be real adults. I was 22. So came here uh and then hated it hated yeah. it for a what solid five years it's harder hated like, it so 
I don't know if you, so you don't sound like how I was when I was a teenager. I wanted to get out of my house as soon as I could. I wanted to, I love my parents, but I, I was always like, I like a bit of privacy and I, I was right. kind of done with living it with so many, because we yes. always had, it wasn't just my family. We also always used to like welcome people into people. our house. Mm-hmm. So we had cousins and uncles and people who are new to the country would always come stay, which I love yes. that my family does that. Yeah. But I was excited to live by myself, but then I found it very hard immediately. I very found, yeah yeah I found it like extremely hard so you found it hard um yes you know like when you're talking about like I want my privacy absolutely you know it's as much as I love my family I was like oh I just love being with my family of course but I wanted to know what it was like to have my own apartment and I wanted that like obviously I, I did definitely crave that privacy and I wanted to it was a challenge I was like let me see if I could do it yeah, because I knew as time progressed, I'm like, if I don't leave Montreal, I will become one of these people who people would be like, Daphne is could have been an actress. Yeah, she was so funny, and and I had to leave every everything that represented. I had to leave Montreal. I really wanted to start whatever this journey was going to be. I had to like jump like same thing in improv. So I I was craving it, but not because I was running. Actually, I was running away. I was, I'm not going to lie. I got like really like, ugh, Montreal. Yeah, that's how I felt about Calgary for years before I left. But yeah. So I miss it. I I don't miss Calgary. (laughs) Sorry, Calgary. Very Calgary. That was rude. But um, I'm like, I, I miss how, I, I think I never appreciated how beautiful Montreal was. Yeah. I, I never thought Montreal, Montreal was pretty. I want to go, I, I've not been there enough, but when I was up there the last time, I did a lot of walking around and it is such a beautiful city. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Like I it, never knew it was beautiful until I came to Toronto and I was like, Montreal is pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's a be- Montreal is a beautiful girl. It just takes care you know, of herself taking care of herself and also doesn't need much yeah i feel like the stuff that i i was just i was just over it i was always there you know i was born and raised there so i came to toronto and i was like oh the big city like the 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 i felt like my trust felt so small also when i moved to toronto i was like like our downtown is like one tiny street and it felt like that's it in toronto it feels like downtown goes it's everywhere. <laughs> You're like, I live downtown. I live downtown. It was like, wait, that's impossible. You both live at opposite ends. Yeah. It's such a huge, yeah. And so much going on. Yeah. And like, so for me, when I moved here, but I moved here years and years, I wanted to move here when I was 22, but I moved here when I was 33. <laughs> but um, when you moved here, like for me, yes. it really helped that improv helped me make friends with people. So like improv yeah. really like gave me a sense of community, but yes. you were living alone still, right? Like you were living alone. Yeah. Yeah. And you were yeah. Doing- so when I moved here, I didn't find, that's the thing. I didn't find improv right away. No, uh, no, no. Like for the first five to six years I think I didn't have improv what? Wow. which I was really and what had happened is that I had taken uh improv that was really the hard time because I I came here I want to act I'm not acting I don't know really how to start like I know I'm supposed to be doing gigs so eventually I could get an agent but the, the thing with the acting world is there are steps you're supposed to take but this doesn't mean that that's how it's going to get you there yeah so I yeah even that, right? There's so yeah. many ways. So I had taken a theater, theatrical performance at Seneca. And all I was doing was like going to work and sometimes taking classes. And I would go to Bad Dog when Bad Dog was on the Danforth. Yeah. 
And my, my work schedule was so weird at the time that I couldn't even commit to a class. And uh, it's so expensive also. Everything in Toronto was so expensive. Like it was my rent, it just nothing made sense money-wise on top of that. Uh, so I was really depressed at the beginning. I was like, this is, this was such a mistake. I came here, I'm barely performing. I'm not performing. The only time I'd get a little performance when I would go to the drop-ins yeah and on back on danforth and i'm like oh my god let's just get over that fucking zip zap zoop let's get into some fucking <laughs> yeah. scene and yeah. i'm like my, my body i remember my body was craving because i was in class the drop-in and for that one hour i felt good yeah i was like oh man and i would talk to people and like you're so funny i was like i'm a lot funnier than that and just like <laughs> what do you guys do and i couldn't i couldn't make i couldn't make sense of how to make it work yeah and then and then I got into, then I started taking class at Second City. Yeah. And it was six years after I had no idea. When yeah, I think definitely. of Daphne in Toronto, I can't picture you not doing improv. I like, it's just, <laughs> so, you're so like a part of like how I define improv in, in Toronto is Daphne. <laughs> like, it's like, so you're so, yeah, you're like the main part of it for me. Like when I think about it, cause I, I, I probably met you in a jam. I met you in, yes, a, like in, I remember. A, in an early show jam. So like, yeah, the jam, I feel, yeah, that you're jumping so without, in. without that, was it hard? Were you like lonely in the city? How did you I was make depressed. Yeah. I was super depressed. I was so unhappy. I was unhappy because I felt stupid. I was like, okay, I always said I wanted to be an actress. Now I'm in Toronto to do acting. Uh, I miss my family um, and my friends. Like there's no, there, there, I couldn't, like I had to go back home every month. I, yeah. I could like even every month was not enough. Yeah. Like I would go to Toronto, I would go back to Montreal and I would have the best time. I would eat my mom's food and everything was yeah. right. And everyone was so excited and everyone knew I left for acting, right? So I still get the, 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 the you hear the, a lot of like, oh, so how's this going, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I don't, it's not going, you know? But at work, I have a new desk. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I know that, that story. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the nine to five world becomes so, everything is, is so scary because Toronto is so expensive. So it was very obvious. Like I, very early on, like I got into when I moved here, I'm like, oh, I won't be able to do anything else but to work a nine to five. I won't yeah. be able to make it work. There is no, there is no job that would allow me to be there. I, it was so scary because I thought I got, I put myself in a, like I trapped myself. Yeah. I mean, oh, I put myself in a situation where I can't, I need an apartment. Everything is, and think about it, this was like 14, 13 years ago. Uh, the rent, if the rent is bad now, imagine, well, I mean, it wasn't that bad back then, but it was still hard yeah, <laughs> for me. Yeah, by like yourself, now, yeah. By myself, I'm like finding roommates that I don't know. So I'm, I met a roommate, moved in with him, but nothing, everything felt like, oh shit, I fucked up. I yeah. moved in here, I moved here to be, and I was in, I didn't want to tell people I wanted to be an actress. That was the first time in my life that I was not like, I want to be an actress. I was embarrassed because I'm like, I would have been, why, oh, why'd you come here? Oh, you're from Montreal. Yeah. Oh, you speak French. Yeah. Oh, mon Dieu, moi aussi. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Uh, mousse. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> I keep hearing that joke so much. And then yeah. they're like, what are you doing? Nothing. And they're yeah. like, oh. And I was like, oh, God, this, this sucks. And I felt bad. I was really upset with myself because I'm like, this was, this, this was dumb. You have nothing. You have nothing. And you thought 
you can make something and you have nothing. You have nothing to stand on. I had nothing to show. And uh, that was the thing. I had nothing to show. Yeah. So when I started taking class that second today, I was like, okay, at least there's a steady one. Once a week, I will be doing a class. Yeah. That is at least happening. Yeah. And that then, juggle is so hard. I, I still hard. haven't figured out <laughs> the juggle very out hard. between all the things. Cause yeah, living here, I living here is really hard. And I came like in my thirties and then mm-hmm. you're telling people like I'm living in basements. I have roommates and, but I'm working a full-time job and I'm doing yeah. all this comedy too. And they're like, what are you doing? And improv it is so, it's such a, an art that like, um, it only lasts for that moment then it's gone yeah. so people are like what are you doing i'm like ah, i did a killer show yesterday um yeah you should and i'm like you should have seen this callback and <laughs> they're like what <laughs> that's like, what's kind of good we're on uh you bad dog tv on youtube everybody watch absolutely <laughs> shout out to coco shout out to coco and that's absolutely um, yeah but like genius now it's like oh our work is a little bit more validated because people can see yeah. it now and I'm yeah like, oh thank god and but, create that need also right because like i was i tell coco all the time i'm like what you're what you did really change um it's it, it changed a lot for because it happened in the middle of <laughs> the end of the world and you it, like our community and improvise improvisers are so like love their community so much right it's all yeah. about the community it's all about the show it's all about so you got us uh you created something for us to still connect yeah still watch each other that's huge because if it wasn't for that i wouldn't have seen a lot of you all for over a year almost a year the saving grace of my isolation yeah. i i yeah. I yeah well sometimes the only time during the week where I connect with people is <clears throat> is yeah. in the shows or yeah. like even in the chat on YouTube like just having exactly people to on talk so to. many levels like you could yeah. you could have fun by participating in the chat you could have fun in watching the show you could have fun in the hangout we do after you just it, you and I told her you created that uh, community that uh, people needed so badly yeah like we i don't know how a lot of us we would have i say survive but to and i don't say it lightly really survive because mentally we're like yeah mentally and like even like there were times where the only money i had coming in was bad dog money like during this whole pandemic so like yeah yeah so many absolutely to get paid as an artist yeah it's well, I could talk, we could have a whole other bad dog. Yeah. I love bad dogs so much. You know I do. I know you do. You love Coco? We could have a Coco episode. We do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to have her on. Coco. I'm going to definitely have her on the podcast because she's like, I think she's like one of the queens of being alone. Like, and not being alone in this like sad, lonely way, but being alone in this very like empowering way. Yeah. She's yeah. awesome. Sometimes I'm a bit sad about it. Um, <laughs> how do you, so like when mm-hmm. you were living by yourself and you're having like getting to know yourself, but then when I met you, you were like, I would say in your social prime, you were <laughs> Like we were partying, yes, we, we were. were doing shows all the time. We yeah. were busy, busy girls, like our yes. community, right? Absolutely. Um, and then like there was a lot of shows, a lot of shows, and like being like even when I lived alone, I never felt like I was alone because I was I left the house sometimes at 8 a.m. and I'd get home at 1 a.m. <laughs> like those were my yeah. days, and I and I was like not proud of the busyness, but I was like, I I, yeah. it's better to be I think it's I like being busy even though now we're in the yeah. world so then how like what was that like when everything just ended when and, 
Yeah, like but when the pandemic ended or when the loneliness ended. <laughs> yeah, there's two. So like pandemic. when did yeah, so we'll get there. Yeah, that's ended. true. So the pandemic so didn't end. I don't know what I'm but so how how did so when your loneliness ended and you got into improv, you found the community, yeah, right? I found a community and at the time I had met uh my ex and it was nice because he was also really nice at um like he knew exactly why I came to Toronto. So I never felt, I, I'm very happy and I love him to death until now. Uh, <laughs> he was great at just going, I'm like, I'm going to go do a show and I'll be back at, I don't know when, there's no problem. Right. I never felt like I had to be like, um, I had to stop my dream or he was absolutely okay with that journey of me. Cause people, a lot of people in the community didn't even know I had a partner at the time. Cause I was out all day. I was in all the shows and yeah. And that was nice because this was the time where I would do my nine to five, come home, eat, or if I had time to make it home, because I lived at, in Scarborough when I really got into like improv, improv. And then it's like, go do a show. I remember I would do a lot of shows and I still had my card, my um, swiping card for like the office. Uh, like uh, it was like attached. on my belt attached to me. And a lot of people were like, hey, I saw that during the show. But that was nice because it just felt busy. Like yeah. your trauma. I was like, and all I had to do was like, Daphne, just power through during the day. And then at night, this is it. So if I take a class and then do a show, then I took a class and I did a show. I was okay to be tired. But the next day, the hard part was getting back to work the next day. And then, yeah. and you know, it's such a pro, improv is so like, you have to be there to see it. And then to go back and tell people from work. And I didn't want to tell people from work, even though I knew it was, I'm like, don't come see the show. <laughs> I don't I don't want you to, at the beginning I, I was really like I don't want you to see the progress I told my ex also don't come see the show yeah I don't want you to see this oh this is her figuring out and making offers I don't need this this is it was it's my journey this is very private to me yeah uh, if people outside want to come that's fine but I don't want people I knew to come see it so I loved I remember I loved that time it was all I had to do is just power through during the day yeah. And at the time I had like moved from a, a, a very weird schedule to like a nine to five schedule. So it was easy to be like, great. That's all I, but was, what happens is that that opens up your, the next step where I'm like, I need an agent. I need like improv is cute, but that's not, that's not my goal. Like, yeah, it just so happened. Like, that's not yeah. it. And I, when I said I want to come, I didn't say I want to be a comedian or I want to be an improviser, a stand-up comedian. I said, I want to be an actress. Yeah. That was always my thing. That's the goal, right? So yeah. that was the goal. So it's like, okay, so now how do I do this? How That's did you, the other. How mm -hmm. did you meet someone not in, with, yeah. so was your ex, did he work in the office with you? Or no, you I met him at Loblaws. What? Okay. Yeah, he to, worked at Loblaws. It's it Valentine's Day, so I'll allow a love story. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it's, it's really not love. It, there's, it's really not romantic. Yeah. He worked in the deli department. Okay. At Loblaws, uh, at Young and Shepherd. No, I worked at Young and Shepherd. I lived at Young and Shepherd, which made it so sad because I'm like, everything I do is at Young and Shepherd. <laughs> uh, and there's nothing there really. And he lived, he worked at uh, North York Center, which was a, a station right after. And he worked in the deli department. And what I felt was very attractive to, about him is that the first time I saw him, he had a big smile on and he smiled like he knew me. And it was such a reassuring, uh, it was weird because I hadn't, I hadn't had that feeling in so long. And I'm like, I know you don't know me. <laughs> I know that for a fact, because I don't know no one here. And um, see, meeting him, and when I started hanging out with him, 
I'm like, I told him, like, I felt like I'm, I feel like I'm back home. Aww. This feels like, I feel like I know you, like you feel very easy. And we just started as friends and hung out. He was like, I could say my first Toronto friend and uh, hung out and then spent a lot of time together. And he also, he respected my dream. I, I would listen to his and, yeah. you know, it was a great, it was definitely uh, until now, I would say I have nothing bad to say about this person. Yeah. It really felt like a partnership. I wouldn't make it how far as I am right now, if it wasn't for him. That's Cause he so definitely, yeah, I give him so That's much like love, dream. so much love. Cause I, I, He's I, perfect. it's so hard to date uh, doing what we do because yeah. yeah because like I I've tried a couple times while I'm here but yeah my schedule mm-hmm. couldn't accommodate it and finding someone yeah. who understands that schedule is very absolutely hard. like yeah. when you're saying like we were out all day I was all, all day. day all night <laughs> and yeah it was there was no it was it, it wasn't uncommon to come home at 2 a.m yeah it wasn't weird it was oh, okay, there was a show. There's another show after. Whether you're in that show, you're not in that show, doesn't matter. And then what happens after? Then you stay behind for the networking part, for the socializing part. And then it's not that someone is going to give you a a huge gig, but that's how you know the people in the community. And improv is is that group vibe, that group energy. If I would have started with stand-up, maybe it would have been slightly different. But I started with a part where people were like, come, sit down, let's have a drink, let's do a show, let's do, let's do, let's do, let's do, it's fun, fun, fun. So I respect him so much for having uh, patience with that. Just having not even caring, not wanting to be part of any of this, too, which was imp- was important for me. I'm like, I don't want to see you when I'm figuring it out. Yeah. I don't want to see you. I don't want you to watch and then feel bad for me because I made an offer and then it didn't work yeah. out or I made a joke that nobody laughed at. I don't want, I don't want you to be there and be like, oh, Daphne. No, this yeah. is very, very personal. I did not want, uh, I didn't want to see him there. So I think that's what really helped is that he was like, all right, just do what you got to do. And, and that's I kept amazing. doing what I had to do. So, the, and that's more improv and then less nine to five. So. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah, when I time. met you too, you were like transitioning. I think you were doing yeah. what I was, I was still trying to do. <laughs> I was trying to leave. I was quitting. Yeah. yeah. I was quitting my job. I was quitting my job when you met. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like right after. Yeah. yeah. After my was, mom passed away, I quit my job. Yeah. And that was your, when did your mom pass away? She passed away in 2016. 2015. 2015. So 15. right before I met you. Yeah. You, your mom had passed right. away. And mm-hmm. then that yeah that must have been hard being in Toronto it was so hard it yeah. was so hard it was so hard like it, it's weird because I could talk about my mom now and not be completely devastated I mean of course I'm devastated so yeah. miss her so much but it was like uh going through that not her passing away me going back to Montreal spending two weeks in my home and it wasn't really our home. I didn't grow up in this house, but that was the house they bought when I moved to. So I didn't even know. I didn't really like that house. Yeah. And also, and then two weeks later, we had a show, Coco and I, and oh. to get back on stage. The getting back on stage took me a, a. It didn't take me a while to get back on stage. What took me a while was to stay after. Yeah. So what had happened? It was like I would do a show, ha ha ha, and then I'm like, I have to leave. I don't yes. want to. I don't want to be here. So it was immediate like I remember I would I would be done with a show and then I would take a cab and go home I would like run home yeah I could I didn't want to stay I couldn't stay 
And also because everybody knew in the community what had happened. Yeah. You know, it, like it became like a, my, my cousin, God bless his heart. He put a post on my page with a big letter. like, oh, I can't believe this happened to our auntie. Oh, we're going to find it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And that, oh. I think that opened, like the only people who knew were Coco because I called her. I'm like, I'm going back home. This is what's happening. But this thing kind of exploded. Yeah. And so I felt like, I felt like I was, um, and this is something I, I know I am. I'm people's uh, worst nightmare a bit. Like what had happened to me is like, you know, everybody's yeah. going to lose their parent, whatever, but just, it was so quick and so violent. Then when you, people saw me, I think they were just like, oh my God, this is a Daphne who's always like, hi, how's it going? And now she's going through such a, I think I made people uncomfortable, yeah. which was something that I hate making people uncomfortable. Like I'm, that is really an opposite. I like making people feel. That's such a, that says so much about who you are as a person though, that you're worried about <laughs> other people's comfort level in mm-hmm. like, the saddest moment of your life. That's- I felt it. I felt it. I'm an empath. So I felt people looking at me like, and because I present so bubbly, I'm so like, you know what I mean? So it goes from like, oh my God, definitely so bubbly, ha, ha, funny and joking always. And then this happened. Everybody knows this happened. So I don't like even get to grieve in private. This yeah. happened. And then I come back to the community. Everybody knows. And it's, and I don't, I'm not mad at anyone, right? They're the people who never mentioned it. Yeah. And there's people who are like, I just heard, I can't, I can't, but oh my God, I don't know what I would do if I was you. So both of, I, like you're in the middle of yeah. both of them, right? And there are moments where you're feeling okay. And then you're looking at someone, that person looks at you and then you're like, you're thinking about what happened to my mom. Yeah. I know you are. I know you are. Cause it's so. I'm the kind of person who would act like nothing happened because yeah. I'd say like, I'd want to tell you I'm sorry and everything, but like, no. I think, mm-hmm. and I don't want, I know that would make me uncomfortable. You don't if want you did yeah. that. If you had done that, like if I was in your shoes, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want people coming and like consoling me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But it's a, it's a really, I had never been in that position of like yeah. people going and people being uncomfortable around me made me feel like, holy shit. I'm, I, I, I'm like, and I've got all this time, like, I remind them of like that saying anything could happen, you know, yeah. like nothing is forever and boom, and it could be this quick and it could change your life. I think I felt like I look like that person who people see me and they're like, I never want that shit to happen to me. Yeah. And all of this, while I'm trying to grieve and I don't have my brother and I don't have my sisters with me. I was right? going to ask you that because you're in Toronto mm-hmm. and then you feel like that around people it must be yeah like really lonely grieving grieving must have felt yeah. really lonely yeah very very deep like deep layer of pain even though my ex was there but it was so deep and it was the person I wanted was my mom <laughs> yeah. I wanted I, was, I wanted to turn to her like can we talk about this yeah. I miss you so I wanted the only person who would have made this thing better is a person I couldn't have around me yeah so I was like I had it, it was weird and then I got my dog which you and I are both like, yeah, animals, <laughs> we have, heal, they heal, they heal. They heal so much. My Guinness is my therapist. And it became like, if it wasn't for Guinness, I think I would have stayed in that depression mode because yeah. I got back to that energy I felt when I just moved to Toronto. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. I like at the time I had quit my nine to five, but I went on like short term disability. So they were still paying me, but I was staying at home. I'm like, I am staying home. I was smoking blunts. Not even regular joints. I had like, 
I was like smoking, smoking, waking up in the morning and I'm rolling a blunt that's like this big. But <laughs> then I got Guinness and then I was like, oh, my baby, my baby. And hey, he wants to go out. He yeah. wants, he forces me to go out. And the weather was also still very nice there. So it was so weird. It was so weird. And I, it was my worst nightmare happening in front of people yeah. and then get back on stage. And I'm like, am I even still funny? Are people are just going to see me and be like, oh, oh, poor her. And then not see the comedy I want to bring out. The vo- Like we said, I'm comfortable being vulnerable. I'm, I love my mom. I could talk about my mom forever. <laughs> like yeah. people, I talk about my mom so much. And then someone was like, oh, and then she's still in Montreal. I'm like, oh no, she passed away. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I know it's don't be, I, I talk about her <laughs> feel so much. <laughs> terrible. I feel terrible actually that I've known you all of these years. And cause like when I met you, which yeah. was probably pretty soon after it happened, but it right? was around that. Yeah. Yeah. Around, absolutely. I had no idea because you were just like the warmest and you were like, not only only just warm but you were so like welcoming to me and like concerned with me feeling like welcome in the community that I'm like how did this tragic thing <laughs> happen to you and like it changes wow I'm, yeah. I love you so much I love you so much um I, I and I don't I I can even take this out of the recording but as a friend I just want to know like can you yeah. tell me a bit about how your mom passed away yeah, I could talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I just wrote a story. About I saw my mom the little clip of it. Yeah. 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 Um, it was it was uh, it was a hit and run. Oh, so it was. Yeah, it was back in Montreal. And it was like it was one of those very tragic. But what's very interesting about my mom's passing. And since I was young, like, I always thought my mom was like a superhero. I never understood how she did it. I was yeah. very I was fascinated by my mom. Yeah. Like my mom would come in and I'm like, how, how are you with everything that you go through, everything that you've been through, raising four kids by yourself? And I'm on a handful. I am a lot. Andrea, <laughs> if you think yes, I was a lot, I had teachers who met my mom. They were like, you're Daphne's mom. Oh, just I'm just so happy to meet you. Like, she's very nice, <laughs> but she's so intense. She's like 20 kids. I was a lot. But so I always was like, um, wow, how did she do this? Like, she's so amazing. Uh, just because she was always working, you know, she was a really hardworking person. Yeah. Uh, and I think I got a lot of my hardworking ethic from her. Just like, yeah. let's go. If this is what, let's go keep at it. And um, it, she was quitting, actually. She was supposed, the way it happened, which made it very um, dramatic and a way of like, it made, it, it romanticized the tragedy, if I, if that makes sense. Like she, my mom never took vacation ever. And uh she, my uncle had bought her a ticket to go on a cruise because she loved oh, boats. Yeah. And then, so she bought, She, I spoke to her on Thursday and she's telling me, I'm going to put this dress on, blah, blah. And she's telling me on Sunday, I'm going to quit her second job, which was is one of those house with people who have disabilities. Yeah. That she was just on the weekend. She's like, I'm going to quit this one. Uh, she was a teacher. So she was getting, she was about to retire. I'm going to quit. I don't want to go that far. So on Sunday, she quits. No, I'm sorry. On Friday, she quits. Oh, shit. That was Saturday, July 4th. It was a Saturday. She quit. And the cruise was on Monday. And then she died. She quit and then walked out of her job. And then the car hit her. Oh, my God. So she, so my uncle had all her stuff in her thing. So I think also the, maybe it's the actor and the the writer in me that saw almost like how painful as this is I'm like what what a 
what are like movie way of dying? Like every yeah. superhero have this like tragic way of like, she was supposed to go to her first vacation and she never made it. And then, yeah. you know, and it, 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 it was like, it was like my worst nightmare happening at the same time. And it made with the thing that hurt me the most is that she was alone. Yeah. Right. And that really, really, really hurt me. I'm like, not my mom. Not, yeah. not that I want anyone else's mom yeah. to die alone, but the combination of all that really made me feel like, what the fuck? If a woman like her who puts everyone, helps everyone, loves everyone, does all everything right, works yeah. really, really hard, never takes a vacation, doesn't even get that break. Doesn't yeah. even get like, but I'm like, if it happened, she didn't suffer. And then the, what happened, my sisters, you know, then my sisters are like, she's not making home. They go look for her. They can't, then they drove back to her work. They see the thing. So that made me also nothing that made me sad. I'm like, my sister had to like discover that. Yeah. And then she had to call the other sister who drove there. And then I had to call my other brother. And the whole time my family's going through all of this. Yeah. And I'm sleeping. I went to bed early that time, that day. And I woke up to like all these uh, 77. I still remember 77 missed calls. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this is not my sisters, my friend, my family from Miami, Haiti. Everyone is like trying to reach me. And I called and my sister couldn't say the word. Yeah. She was like, Daphne, ça va? Are you sitting down? Okay. And then she's like, mommy. And I was like, hey, just give it to me. What's going on? Don't. And she couldn't do it. So I hung up the phone and I called my brother and I'm like, what's going on? And then my brother just said, it's like, this is what happened. Wow. And I was like, oh. and went home. So it was kind of, it was so like heart wrenching. I think that's the word yeah. is. I don't know. It felt, it really felt like rip everything. And I was like, okay, God, you won. I don't know. I'm done. I'm not fighting. I don't yeah. know. You took my mom. I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't have anything else to give. Yeah. no one you know this is it this is this yeah. is the person so it's so that's like this podcast is about like celebrating mm -hmm. being alone but there are times mm -hmm. when being alone feels so al like when any yeah my dad has been sick while i've been in toronto like during this time yeah and, and my brother got sick too and just like oh my god feeling feeling the space that's when you feel the space right like Oof. between you like you're on a regular day like you're doing your work and you're doing your shows and you have your life here yeah. and you and you talk to them and you feel you think you're connected yes and then it's when something horrible happens yes that yeah you feel like this i don't want to be alone i want to yeah. be i, want I to shouldn't be yeah yeah and there, there's something that my mom used to say when i moved to toronto i was like at the beginning i'm like i hate it here everything is so english and like nobody <laughs> I felt like my, I felt like no one would understand me. Like I felt like my, my English words were not coming out. Like nothing worked in Toronto. And my mom was like, and I'm like, I, I wish I could be alone just like you, mom. Like I could be like, you did that. You left and you started the life and blah, blah. And then my mom said, she's like, there's nothing worse than being, being forced to be alone. Or how do you translate that? She had, she's, there's a saying in French, but it's like, I force isolation yeah and then she's like that's hard she's like not being alone is not hard yeah so she's like being forced so she's like accept that now you're being forced but see if you can get power from that yeah and i was like i don't want power i want you to come home <laughs> i want to come and then i want to i want to hang out with you and ask you how you're doing i don't want to be wise ass words those are some wise ass words i love that so many your mom so sounds many. yeah she does sound like a superhero she sounds so cool she, she was sounds... so cool she was the best yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. Did so because like all of this terrible stuff happened to you yeah and you radiate joy and you can <laughs> and you continue to work like how did you how do you not get bitter <laughs> like how do you not uh, get bitter <laughs> i get bitter <laughs> you get bitter <laughs> i get bitter i think when after my mom passed away because that was like my worst nightmare which is so weird because i knew that one day yeah. you would lose but not having my mom was something i couldn't even uh you know, like how people t- talk about like one day your mom won't be there. My mom would say things, one day I won't be there. And me and my sister who's in Calgary, we were yeah. so childish where my mom would have like these conversations would be like, la 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 la, you're always gonna be there. It's like, come yeah. on, you all grown, you're in your 30s. I'm like, you're always gonna be there because that's how my brain I couldn't, I couldn't even put, imagine. Yeah. I it was so bad that I didn't even want to be next to. I remember everyone I met before my mom passed away who lost their mother, not their yeah. dad, because I didn't grow up with my dad. I don't care about my dad, but my mom, everyone I knew who had not had their mother, I remember yeah. not wanting to be too close to them. Cause I'm like, I don't want to pick up on, on, on that energy that <laughs> which is so weird. Like this is I'm grown. I'm not a child, but in my head, I was like, that person doesn't have their mom. Maybe I, I don't want to feel that much pain, even though that person didn't even mention it. That person was like, yeah, my mom died, you know, 15 years ago. And I'm like, okay, okay, Daphne, just don't try to not absorb that energy, trying to keep that. And I would do, I would go through this mental, <laughs> these things in my head. And after she died, it was like, immediately I felt um, sad, but then I felt a little bit released, relieved. And I was like, this is the worst thing you've always, this was, the thing that scared you the most yeah you're in it now and nothing will feel worse than this nothing doesn't matter how scared you are or you don't do a good show or nothing will feel worse than this and then it almost felt like I'm like okay now I almost have to really grab everything that makes me happy and keep it very close yeah I had like it and then I've I think I've always been like that but without my mom it became aggressively like that I'm like oh I like this this is coming with me Oh, yeah. this makes me feel good. This is absolutely coming with me. And I rebuilt, um, I tried to rebuild happiness really um, from oh within. That's like yeah. so, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if it always works, but it, it, it's something that I'm like, I chase fun. And this is why I do it on my improv class. I'm like, improv should be fun. If you're not having fun, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? There's yeah. a lot of not fun things here. That one should not be in the world. A lot of, if you want to look for things that are not fun, there's a lot of shit outside. Plenty. Yeah. You don't even have to look for it. But improv, no, this needs to be fun. I'm not getting off stage and then crying because I didn't do a good act. Nope. I need to just really absorb happiness and things that don't make me happy. I learned, I learned to like let them go really quickly. Yeah. That's one of my challenge. I'm like, let it go, let it go, let it go. No, that's not working. Bye, bye, bye. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, and it's a very quick, like, okay, bye, <laughs> bye, 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 bye. This is not, I can't. And that's can't like part of, it. that's like for you, that's because you love yourself, right? Like, that's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to hold on to things a little too long. I will mm-hmm. admit I'm that person, <laughs> yeah. but like now, like I'm, I'm learning to like love myself a little yes. bit more. And then I'm like realizing that like holding on to certain things is like, that's not loving myself. That's not, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. hard loving myself. You know, it's funny you say that was not something I ever did before. Yeah. And I learned to love myself after my mom died yeah. because before I felt so good that whatever problem I had, I'm like, it's okay. My mom loves me. 
but I did not love myself, but it was okay. Cause I, my mom's love was so strong that I thought that's all I needed. And yeah. without her being there, I realized behavior and through therapy and talking and all that stuff. I'm like, shit, I used to do that. That's something I'm like, wait, I didn't love myself. Wait, I never thought I needed. I thought love, love yourself was a thing that you, I don't know, you wrote as a tattoo, you know? Yeah. I love myself. I didn't think people actually did that. Like really love themselves. And then I'll use Coco as an example of like how Coco would treat herself. Uh, uh, like, like a, I call that treating yourself like a goddess. Yeah. Being the best product for yourself. Uh, taking care. I'm not used to that. I'm used yes. of like, whatever leftover that I got from the neighbor is going to, you know, I never took the best of the best. And if I had something good, chances are I would break it or I would self-sabotage. I, I, I never had pretty things. So I yeah. don't know what to do with pretty things. So if I, someone would give me, I remember Coco had got me like a coach, coach, like cell phone holder. And I was just like, I don't, I don't even know. Am, am I hang? Is it supposed to hang? Am I supposed to show it? I don't know what, uh, I didn't know what it was like to self-care and really love yourself was not something I understood. I knew yeah. my mom loved me and I thought that was okay. I thought that was all you needed. Yeah. And then you could say that bullshit, love yourself. But I learned, and you know, the thing you're talking about, like holding on to things early uh, too long. That's one of the things that I pray about a lot is that I try to ask God to things that are not good for me. And when you take them out, trying to remind me why you take uh trying to reassure me that you took them out for a good reason yeah. that uh, rejection is actually a, a blessing or every time you remove something or someone that I'm like, oh, okay, you did it. Cause okay. You did it because you love me. You did it because there's something good at the end. Cause I did not understand that. I was like, yeah. some, someone was gone or something was gone. It would like friendships or, and I'll be like, I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm like, oh, okay. There's a reason why this is gone. Yeah. And uh, not go and try to force it. That's yeah. I that's what know. I'm. Tr- that's what I'm trying to work through in therapy right now. Hard. So like, do you you mm-hmm. have you have like you're a spiritual person? You have faith? Yeah. You, like you are you religious or like? Do you I was have- I was raised religious. Like I was raised Catholic Christian. So like I, I go yeah. to church every Sunday. Uh, that for me it was like the longest hour. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. Yeah. You know, I was like, this, it never ends. And but yeah. what I love watching was watching my mom. What I love about church was prayer, and yeah. I, I I love um taking the time because I would again watching my mom. My mom would pray, and then she'd be like, and I would be like, what is she? What are you asking? Like so much, I'm like, what did you ask? It's like definitely like you do your prayer. So I'd be like this, and I like look at her, and I'm like. What is it? What are we, what are we talking about? And my only thing I would say, like, just protect the people I love. And that's it. So religion was there, but as time progressed, I also stay away from organized religion. The religion that we're giving to us by colonizer. Like I'm not praying to that same thing. I really tap, what I tap into is more of something like my ancestor. Haitians are very spiritual. So connecting to all those goddess and spiritual, that are typically something that before, uh, the white people came and like forced to, to told us not to love these gods or not to uh, worship this and just to be very um to like uh, as as happy as it sounds and be like love every little thing you know like find happiness in the smallest thing like uh, i go outside 
and okay, if I see a dog outside, Andrea, this is- <laughs> I've seen you. It's the best. I, 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 I miss seeing dogs with you because this, this girl, she gets on the ground with these dogs and she's having a full conversation. The human is not attached to this dog. What human? What <laughs> human? And this small little happiness, or when I tell people, I'm like, can I pet your dog? And they're like, yes. I'm like, oh my God, you don't <laughs> understand. And I, I want, and that little thing is for me, it's very, um, that's collecting happiness. And that's me reconnecting. Yeah. I actually think that's very spiritual. Dogs yeah. for me are so, the, the way they look at you, the way they need you, the way they, they, they just, they know they're so dumb, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And I say this with so much love. Like yeah. they know nothing. They're just like, yeah. I don't know. What's the fun thing we're doing? Are we eating? Am I going out? So for they me, that's you. Yeah. just love you. And that's spiritual for me. And yeah. I have crystals and I meditate and I do uh, my moon water. Yeah. Uh, every time there's a full mood, I, I cleanse my, my crystals. I really try to reconnect with my ancestors yeah. and also to thank all the previous uh, that's something else that I also uh, learned. Like I would thank my mom and my mom has a little altar in her, in downstairs, but also every other woman in that generation, her yeah. grandmother, her mother, and to like thank all of these women who made me here, who sacrificed yeah. everything for me to be like here. I'm like, I am an actress or, you know <laughs> what I mean? They, all the hard work that they've made. So connecting to my ancestor, tap into like the Haitian culture, the Haitian spirituality was very very important because at this point after my mom passed away it was like well i'm done god so what are we doing because <laughs> i don't know what else i don't have anything else to give yeah so how I'm did drained. you find how did you find yourself like how did that like journey to that to finding spirituality because like i think that's <sighs> what i'm genuinely working on right now definitely yeah like, i don't have any faith in a lot like yeah. i have faith in myself i'm finding faith in myself yes but i'm in the outside world I'm like yeah. how do I translate that faith into like the world and like just knowing that things are happening for a reason and stuff like that yeah on that. <laughs> you know what I had done the first thing I did and I my mom used to my mom was raised by her grandmother so um my mom had a picture of her grandmother and had a she would put a cup of coffee for her grandma and she let it go bad and I remember when we were young we're like Ew. <laughs> Mommy, can we wash it? She's like, don't touch it. Like, it does like a little fuzzy thing. So after my mom passed away, I started having an altar for my mom, but I didn't know how to set it up. All I knew is like, as a picture of her and the stuff that, like I had one of her previous, like a cup that she had, I put it there and um, just trying to be like, okay, so this is for you. And um, you did that for your grandmother. And I remember asking you questions about, so now I'm going to do it for you. Hopefully, and that's going to get very spiritual. I always knew like my mom's love and strength is the only thing that protects me like the only reason like how she loved me so hard she loved all four of us so hard that I feel like there's almost like a barrier around me I'm like I'm not above anything like obviously I could still get hurt but I feel her love is my little protection, protection. Yeah. yeah and do you know the show uh Steven Universe uh no no what, but yeah, everybody's talking little, about it yeah. so cute so cute it's a little cartoon and if you ever I would say everyone should watch Steven Universe, but Steven, his biggest strength is love. And he's so vulnerable. He's a little kid. He's so cute. He's so confused. I love him. I love Steven Universe, but his strength is love. And it reminds me a lot of my mom. So I would set it up and I would talk to it. And then, but I, I didn't know what else to do. And then the next level was to start uh, standing up um, 
other uh, goddesses are closer to my culture. I'm like, okay, this person, for example, Ushun has like, likes honey. And so, so I put a little thing with honey there. But I'm like, okay, who am I feeding? This goddess or my mom? I don't know. I feel like I'm taking on so much. And then I brought it back to base. I'm like, let me just take care of my mom now. So yeah. my mom loved rice. So I'll cook rice and I'll put like a little container downstairs of rice. And I'll let it go back. Like it has a cover because I don't want to look at it. And I, I don't want Guinness to eat it because Guinness yeah. would. Guinness like, this is amazing. So I'll put this. <laughs> and that's a little, this little Haitian liquor that I got from Montreal. Uh, my mom loved. I give it a little bit. So I try to leave and put moon water. So I try to give her thing because I believe that once she's okay, and she's in her strongest yeah and because she's up there connected to god and whatever you call god yeah she she's dealt tri- twice as hard as a physical body she could only do so much she could only protect me so much and she couldn't see all my shows yeah. but i'm like since she passed i'm like she hasn't missed one she's There's laughing no way. she's, she's laughing, laughing. She all the shows um so that's it so i felt i started giving her things and saying thank you and saying I'm sorry I didn't understand a lot of stuff you did yeah and um and I'm sorry I did not give you the thing that you needed for me you know as a kid I'm like I was in the I was a lot you know (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't terrible but I you know I couldn't I was a lot sometimes yeah and just so I think that's what I try to do I'm like okay now you're up there you're the closest thing to whatever we call God if you come back yeah the whole world would want to talk to you yeah. If my mom comes out like, so you have something, you have something that even the smartest person in the world, you have the answer right now. You are, you got something. So let me make sure could continue trying to make you happy. And that's, I don't know. If that's so beautiful. So deep. No, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so like beautiful because it's like you took this really horrible thing that happened to you and you made it like it sounds like you found personal freedom from it it Mm. sounds like it like helps you find happiness every day yeah and it sounds like in a strange way like you're you're becoming even closer to your mom as you like grow older which is so that's so beautiful to take something so that so like sudden and so tragic and then turning it into like yeah you you do you've always seemed really fearless to me and now i'm like now i hear the story behind it i'm like you should you should make this a movie (laughs) (laughs) hello hollywood (laughs) hello excuse me when i wrote the story that i wrote that's on my my facebook page i mean i wrote this story based off a store a show i did maybe three years ago in a storytelling show yeah uh shout out to without pretend they're a very great um I, I would say company. And I did the story and it was because it's the storytelling show. I had like nothing really ready. The improviser means like, oh, I'll just wing it. But the subject was mother. So storytelling was great. It's like, you don't have to be funny. Yeah. Just have to tell a story. So I told the story, but like all oh, the fun thing my mom did. Hi. And at the end, I'm like, well, she's not here. Excuse me. She's not here and blah, blah. And, um, so it kind of like flipped it a little bit on its head because everybody was laughing. And then at the end, everyone was crying. Yeah. And they, they asked me, it's like, do you think you could write this? And the writing of it was very hard because yeah. I'm not, um, I'm used to writing comedy. I don't yeah. write. And I'm like, I have to write this thing that I perform. And I can't, I can't write exactly what I did on stage. I have to write it the way, the structure of like, 
I don't know, real writers writing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it was a combination of that. But I, I honestly, everything goes back to my mom at the end of the day. Like, that's why I'm like, I could talk about her forever. And yeah. I am extremely sad for people who never met her. Yeah. I'm sad that she's not there, but I'm like, man, I wish like people are sad for me. And now something had happened in my head that I almost like flipped the back. They were like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I'm so sorry for you. If you would have met her, oh my gosh, she would have cooked for you. She would. So I have all these things of like, and I think talking about her makes her real. Like it makes, cause it, that's the hard part when they're, you don't, you start like you you're alone you you're alone <laughs> you're yeah. away from your family so yeah you start putting and you lost you you started like thinking I don't remember that person's voice yeah. I don't remember this and when I closed my eyes I used to say that a lot I'm like I feel like I could I could draw my mom I can't I'm not a good drawer but I know everything about her like I close my eyes I I know everything the way her eyes like I'm like I could if her her hands I know everything about my mom. So if someone would give me a pen and I'm like, I could do it. Yeah. I could make, if someone wants me to make it, I'm like, I could make you, if you're confused about making a new model, I could do it. Yeah. I could make you my mom. But that's how like, so yeah, my grandpa passed away at yeah. the beginning of this year. I didn't um, want to bring it up because yeah, no, okay. I was like, like <laughs> I wanted to say I'm sending you positive and healing. Thank, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, I I put together his like uh, funeral and his celebration of life. <laughs> I did like uh, all the slideshows and stuff like that. And just seeing his life was very cool. And like m- yeah. giving like having it's sad that you have to lose someone to get this like yeah. newfound appreciation for them for kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now I, I do. I feel like this. I feel a stronger purpose in my life for mm-hmm. my grandfather and like all the people like he went to boarding school and like immigrating mm-hmm. here and like all the things you have to do like being a first gen and like the yes. experience of bringing our family here I feel like such purpose in my life to like yes. the work I do and the life I Absolutely. live is like in dedication to all that came before me right Absolutely. So, were you were you all very close yeah, I have. So I have uh, I have two. My family's from Pakistan. So mm-hmm. my parents immigrated here. My parents actually immigrated before my grandparents immigrated here. OK, but it made me really close to my dad. I just strangely I, I, like my dad. He's kind of like a quiet, positive man, but he doesn't like often tell me like all yeah. the stories of like where he came from. Mm-hmm. And now I just really feel connected to. But it's yeah, the things that come from tragedy are beautiful, it's- but I don't think we always think about that i don't think we always no. think about the beauty that comes from something because it no. is it's your worst nightmare it is it's your worst nightmare and then to think anything good could come out of your worst nightmare is not how um, it's humans weird are <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it almost feels wrong like yeah sometimes i'm mad at myself that i'm not crying yeah wildly and i was like wait how come i could be no there's because before she passed away i couldn't even think about not having her forever yeah so it was like now I could talk about her and not cry and like I talk about my mom and I get happy like I get yeah. sad but I get happy because I'm like oh man I just want to tell you it and then in a way I'm like I feel a little bit selfish I'm like my mom died so you're gonna have to listen to it you're not gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me but then I have that leisure I'm like well you're gonna have to listen to it because I'm that girl who doesn't have her mom so can you send out your? We can I- do another hour. Honestly, I'll cancel the improv <laughs> class. I'll cancel the improv class. I want to hear all about her. She sounds amazing. She sounds, yes. and you sound like 
you were so lucky to have her and like oh my gosh absolutely and, and like that's she because you say you say you're sorry for things that mm-hmm. like you were too much but I think <laughs> she was probably such a great honor to have you as her daughter she loved us so hard yeah, yeah she, she like you were probably her whole all four of you right like all whole, four of us I was like why do you love us so much but I was just thinking before like you should do something like an it doesn't have to be an altar for your grandfather but just yeah. something to like here I whatever it, it could be very simple right you could just you could probably just write his name on a piece of paper and put it on your desk and then yeah. but it's like I, I acknowledge you I know I know you and I know you're here to protect me I know you're not you didn't really leave me yeah. you know like I know I know you had to go but I know you you're still you're you're taking care of me somehow and that's all they want to do yeah I, uh, I'm going to put something I, you're describing something. your altar was so beautiful yeah I really want to do something I did I sang a song <sighs> I recorded a song for his funeral I sang Frank really? Sinatra and it the words of my way like he loves yes. Sinatra he always tried to like dress like Sinatra so, oh my gosh, so yes. I, I sang the song and the words to that song just felt like I was talking right to him Oof. and it was it was it's like a- Hearing you says a goosebump down my spine because I I feel I feel what you're saying. Hearing you, I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, so like I, music is like a way I connect mm. a lot to like yeah to my um like that's how I got over the grief. I would say not even got yeah. over. I still I'm singing every of night. Course. I'm singing and crying and smoking weed every night. Love still. it. But yeah, every it's and like yeah it's such a personal journey grieving like and so I've kind of the one bright spot about isolation is that I've gotten the time by myself to like really handle it and take care of it and yeah honor it like not just like throw it away because I'm busy you know so like yes yeah yeah so it's been it's been good it's been a blessing um I usually have seven questions I ask someone but I don't even know I don't need to ask them because you're a perfect guest and I don't need no they're they're called seven minutes seven questions I have but I don't I don't need it because honestly this is the best episode I've recorded don't tell the other guests I I could take questions I could answer them if you have something um we could do lightning round it's called ready seven minutes in heaven seven questions in heaven kissing not for for kissing I call it seven questions because we can't kiss because of COVID but as soon as COVID I'm asking everybody if I can have I'm kissing everyone I'm kissing everybody (laughs) get ready get ready so okay we'll do lightning round so I'm ready um, How much time a week uh, during isolation have you spent alone? 90%. Alone. It's just me and Guinness. You and Guinness. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, And how's the uh, pandemic kind of changed your like process to creativity? Like Uh, it gave me opportunity because I got into resin more uh, just to try things, try things, post my art. I'm not great with social media. I usually forget to post stuff, but it just uh, showed me that people want to see what I do. Like I do the resin and people are like, this is so nice. Can I have one? I'm like, oh, okay, sure. I didn't (laughs) think people wanted it, but it reminded me to just do something and put it out. It is beautiful. Um, I'll get you to plug that at the end of the show because I want to know how people can get it. Um, Mm -hmm. What's the hardest part about being alone? Um... 
your thoughts, you know, and the lack of sex. That's yes. Really fun. Yes. But now I got some. So it's I good, know but... Daphne, I could have another <laughs> again, a whole other episode with you of how to get sex. Cause <laughs> you, need to teach me. You. <laughs> <laughs> you need to teach me, you need to teach me your, your ways. Cause I, it's been so ways. Okay. Um, what have you de- discovered about yourself during isolation? Um, Ooh, what did I discover? I'm not as, oh, I'm, so I'm not very organized. I'm worse than I thought. More than you thought? Because now, oh, that- shit. Because <laughs> now every day someone tells me, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cleaning because I don't know how to just keep an apartment clean. So I feel like I'm constantly cleaning, uh. like excessively almost. And I'm opening a drawer and then I'm putting everything down and fixing it that I'm over it. So I'm worse than I thought. So you, now it's like, you need my roommate for her cleaning services, which are not oh sponsoring the show, but Arlie, Kieran, Flamingo services, everybody Ooh. hire her. Um, okay. Uh, what, okay. What does a typical day by yourself look like lately? Okay. Uh, so I wake up, I'm a 5am type of girl. So I wake up at five every day. Oh my God. Um, I know, but I'm not doing nothing. I'm honestly <laughs> like, wow, I'm like, I'm not productive. I'm learning to be, but I spend a good time. Like, what should I be doing? I take Guinness <laughs> out for a walk. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we hang out. It's a lot of talking to Guinness. So, in between a lot of Guinness conversation, he's so over it. Um, taking us <laughs> out for a walk, come back, uh, trying to get some meditation slash working out. Try, <laughs> but try really hard. I'm learning to, do a proper push-up because I don't know how to do one. <laughs> My push-up don't go far. They're like flat on the floor. Um, so trying to do that and then come up, take Guinness out for his second walk. But his, this time it's a long walk where ideally he could get, we could go play close to the house, come back, smoke a joint, uh, Go have a smoothie, breakfast, trying to check some emails to see did I respond to all my emails. Um, uh, that's also a little challenge for me, trying to get on my, be good for the email respond and text mess- messages like on point. Do this. I try to do one thing that's arts and crafts. So I'll probably do a resin or paint or something. And sometimes I don't know what to do, but like, for example, this, I just, today, I don't know what to do. This is nothing. This is, I just needed to, uh, I'm going to start an art challenge on my page tomorrow and it's going to be every day. I'm going to need to do something attached. I just, if I don't do anything, I need to do just a circle. I have to put something on a paper that's yeah. creative. Cause or else it's like, I have everything. I have everything here to do. So I just need to do something. So if it's just a circle, I'm like, I did it. I'm being very creative. <laughs> being a um, watching TV. Nice. I just found out I have HBO because I'm using my sister's Amazon Prime. So I'm watching everything uh-huh. in the world. So that's kind of scary. Um, and then it's a lot of eating and then wondering, what should I eat? And I was like, <laughs> should I eat this? And then I'm like, I should try to make this to eat. So I, that's a problem because I can't keep, I don't know what I want. So every day it's like, oh, I'm, every day is a new thing that I'm going to cook. Then I takes a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> you sound a lot like a friend of ours, Alex Best. She can tell you <laughs> all she talks about is all she talks about is what she's having for dinner. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so because I wish I had like a nice thing. I'm like, what should I eat? I don't know. And I'm like a kid. So it takes like two hours to figure it out that I'm really <laughs> hungry because the munchies are cooking it. So I'm like, yes. bag of chips. 
So it's that. So it's then it's between TV, uh, getting to emails, trying to do some writing. I try to squeeze in to get some writing done. Um, and then it's hanging out with Guinness. Thank uh, and then, Guinness. Oh my God, a king, a king. And then if one, one of my friends, I've only seen one friend drink COVID. So if he comes, yeah. then there you go. He comes. <laughs> he comes. <I> <laughs> um, the last question, actually, I'm going to change the last question because I want to put this in as the last question instead. Okay. Daphne, do you have anything that you want to plug on um, Happy Alone? I know you do. So if you don't say them, I will say them for you. <laughs> I would plug in uh, my Instagram account, which is Daphne with a Y. And that's why I'm trying to do all my arts and crafts. And I'm going to start the art challenge tomorrow, which is draw, paint, just anything every day based on a one word. Like tomorrow is going to be paint a bird. So paint, sketch, whatever it is. So awesome. It's very good. I got ashtrays from Daphne and you should all buy them. They're beautiful. And you can also find Daphne on bad dog TV with Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. We're on bad dog TV and and we are like, and subscribe. Tom's trying to get it up to a thousand with Coco. Let's get it done. Let's get it to a thousand. I know a thousand people are going to be listening to this podcast. Absolutely. Everybody just go like, um, go like subscribe, watch support. Yeah. Love live comedy is still existing because of bad dog and Coco. So yes, Yes, absolutely great so, job great job thank this has been such a delight thank you so much Daphne thank I, you this was honestly such a good chat uh long awaited like honestly I think we should have done this just as friends maybe just two yeah years two years yeah. ago <laughs> we should and you know what we still need to uh do one meeting where we just smoke and talk so that's also yes absolutely yes. um thank you so much and until thank next you. time I hope everybody's happy alone